The two guys, one plant podcast, the weekly podcast where we deep dive into different vegetables and plants each week. We cover the history, nutrition, medicinal uses. We talk about cooking it, we talk about growing it. And my name is Simon Hall, and my partner in crime, because what we do here is a crime, is Timothy Ackerman. Uh, yes, it is a crime. Wow. That was the most unenthusiastic hello I've ever heard from you on this podcast. Well, I haven't said hello yet. So hello, everybody. (laughs) That's a bit better. (laughs) Welcome, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. It's good to be back for another week. Mm, It's always good to be coming back week after week. Yes. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. In case you didn't read what you pushed play on just uh, as you started <laughs> listening to the podcast, we're doing cumin this week. Not to be confused with <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> yes. Or suricurin. Is that the suricurin, the other herb, spice? Uh, I don't know. There's yeah. also caraway. Yeah, there's a few other different ones, but no, cumin. We're talking about cumin. Cumin, or you may have learnt cuminium. <laughs> Is that like a play on al- al- aluminum? Aluminum. Al- um, aluminium? It's so weird that you bring that up because I was watching a YouTube video just before where they were explaining the difference between aluminum and aluminium. Are they the same thing? Well, they are, but why do some people call it one and some people call it the other? Oh, it's the same as tomato and tomato. Sort of. Who cares why they're pronounced it? (laughs) I don't care. Yeah. But it's just just so weird that you brought it up. Mm, But no, the the plant, because you've got the cumin seed, but the plant is cuminum. Yes. Cuminum? Yeah, the cuminum amount that we're going to talk about today is a lot. (laughs) So Nah, nah. (laughs) Bum, bum. Yeah. Well, a little bit. <laughs> Cumin's actually quite. How did you find your research that you did this week on cumin? Strange, because okay. um, there's lots of references to. I'm doing the history. There's lots of references to, you know, amazing history, but no real detail to it. So they talk about <laughs> it, but it's, it was hard to dig up the actual detail. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> been around forever, but there's no detail about what it is been doing. Yeah. 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 That's strange. You had another one like that recently as well. Where Yeah. Yeah. They had like that massive gap where it was like this it was yeah. around here and then yeah, so twelve hundred years later it managed to make its way here. Yeah, it was basically like two thousand BC and then the age of exploration, 14th century. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it when that happens. Yeah. That just knows that you're, you're onto a good thing and you don't want to tell people about it. You know, like, like if you've come up with a new way to get bubbles into water and like, you, you just don't want to tell anyone cause it's like the secret. So, mm-hmm. so the water doesn't travel anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as it does, it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh interesting, cool. Well, should we should we kick off with some facts? 
I'm just diving straight in today. I'm not you even. You are. You're just pushing it along, me. mate. You're pushing it along. Um, well, we don't, I mean, I, I do want to jump into the facts quickly, but uh, is there anything that you need to get off your chest or off your head before we get started? No, why? Who have you been talking to? Hey? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I do have something to tell you. Ah, <laughs> oh, so it's you that had a conscience. <laughs> no, 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 there's a correction that needs to be made. Now, last week when we did the pineapple episode, you mentioned um, whether there was something about uh, bromelades. The bromelades, yes. Yeah, I know there's bromelades and then bromelain is the actual chemical, the enzyme, right? Yes. But then there's bromelades, right? Mm -hmm. The plant category, yes. Yes, okay. So I was confused between bromelads and bromeliads. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. So there's, and, and I had someone correct me on that, which thank you for correcting me, mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the corrections are necessary just in case we get something wrong. So if you do hear us say something that's completely wrong, please tell us and we will correct it. We do try and... Yeah. Speak the truth. I know. I was spitballing to that stage. It just makes me realise that maybe I should just shut my mouth when mm. I don't know what I'm talking about. You just shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you silly boy. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so that's a, there's a correction for you. Okay. I, here's an update for you. Our vegetable garden that we planted uh, five five slash six weeks ago, yeah, I think. It'll be, it'll be coming into six weeks, I think. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Is we're starting to get the first lot of radishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a good size to like, we're talking a good two, two, three centimeters across there. They're that yeah, big nice. already. Yep. So that's really cool. All our kale's growing really well. The garlic's sprouting all over the place and it's just doing really well. It is going extremely mm. well. Mm. So we're pretty happy with that. And there's updates going up on the, uh, on the Instagram account yep. as well. That's good. I need to post an update on my avocado tree. Mm, you've shown oh. me how good it's going. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's really I'll, good. I'll get around to it. Yeah. See, uh, well, a lot of people don't know this, but I've had this conversation with Tim, but I started doing an avocado seed myself and it started to seed and the little, little, you know, little sprout started coming out. And then uh, my cat Oscar jumped up on the bench when we were asleep and ate the top of the avocado sprout, (laughs) um, which I was less than happy about purely because you know how long it takes for these things to sprout. You don't even know if they're going to sprout or not, but Mm -hmm. it's actually worked out really well. You know, it was only about a centimeter coming out and now it's got three or four shoots coming out from that section. So it looks like it's just multifaceted and and now it's just all jumping up. Yeah. So I'm growing uh, another avocado seed. Oh, are you from scratch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's wow. um, it's the roots come out the bottom, and it's just getting ready to crack open and come out the top. Nice. So I'm thinking, um, I'll do what one of the other instructional manuals said that when it gets to about I don't know three inches tall, just to Ooh, cut it back. Clip it. Nice. Yeah. And see how it goes. Cool, man. That'll be fun. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right, well, should we get into this and do some weird facts? I reckon we should. Have you got many weird facts this week? I wouldn't call them weird. I've got facts. Oh, okay. Well, that's a real shame. <laughs> so have you got any weird facts? I have a something that you probably wouldn't think of. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to start then. Okay. So did you know that the French people use cumin? How do they say it? Cumin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually found in traditional breads. Yes. Yeah, I read a lot about this mm. from, from the history. Mm. Yeah. And laden cheeses. Laden. Mm. Laden cheeses. Yeah, there you go. That is cool. That is mm. very cool. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, you may have seen this in your research, but Ooh. it was a surprise to me because, okay, before I start, how much did you know about cumin apart from just cooking with it and that you used it from seed and that sort of thing? Like, how oh. much did you know about it? No, nah, that's about it. I know it goes into curries and yeah, okay. it's the base for a lot of um, spice. It's pretty much the base for 90% of the Middle Eastern and Indian food. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go into that. But yeah, yeah. Um, it is uh, very closely related to parsley and it's also related to carrot. Ah, oh, there you go. Which just is weird. But yes. Yeah. I did read that it was uh, related to parsley and I was, it kind of made me take a step back for a second because I didn't, that was weird. Yes, very weird. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the plant group that they fall under has like 3,000 different species. So relation is a loose term, particularly with carrot. You know, it's not like they're direct, you know, direct relations, but they're kind, yeah. of, they kind of all fall under the same big, kingdom of plants yeah. well i guess when you see a cumin plant or the the cumin plant you can kind of see where that falls into it a little yes. bit yes yeah, yeah definitely which i mean i don't know for anybody else out there but i had no idea what um a cumin plant looked like me either yeah <laughs> do you know much about jira water no nothing do you know what that is Mm-mm. Have you ever heard of Jira water? I feel like I have, but I'm not, I'm not confident. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this in a little bit more detail when we get to nutrition, but cumin seeds are actually boiled in India or seeped as well uh, to create several different types of water, which is it's called Jira water or cumin water in, uh, in India. And it's part of the Ayurvedic. Um, ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Medicinal. Yeah. Group, I am going to mention the Ayurvedic, but uh, I didn't see anything about the water. Yep, cool. Mm, I found that really interesting. Yeah, we're going to go into a lot more detail about the water when we get to nutrition. So, yeah, Yeah, okay. Um, well, I'll uh, one of my facts is related to India. So, while you're you're on the India topic, yep. Um, so India is the, the world's largest producer of cumin. Um, well, that so, doesn't, I mean, that does not surprise me. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> they produce 70% of the global supply of cumin. But what's more interesting is that uh, of the cumin that they produce, so 70% of the global production, India consumes 90% of that. <laughs> 
That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is in most Indian cuisine, like in every, almost every single dish, right? Yeah. I'm going to talk about a little bit about that in the cooking as well, but it's yeah. more interesting when you look at the origin as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it is. Yep. <laughs> 90% of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. Uh, and so on the flip side of that, I, I, I don't think I put it in my notes, but I remember reading that uh, the best the best cumin comes out of India. So when you're looking, you know, because China yeah. makes some and there's a few, few countries in um, Europe like uh, I think I read like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and, you know, a bunch of places there are big producers of cumin. Yeah. But the best quality stuff comes out of India. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, I've got one more fact for you. Mm -hmm. Did you know that uh, cumin was actually mentioned? Oh, actually, I probably shouldn't do this. Yes, I did. (laughs) Uh, Let me guess. Was it? No, no, no. Don't say say anything. Was it mentioned in a really old book? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well uh yeah depend, yeah uh, hey mm. no you can bring it up but i'm actually going to quote the passages so <laughs> oh gosh okay so here's one then <laughs> uh did you know that there are two types of cumin seeds yes the black one is yes. that what you're talking about yeah and the nigella yep and the green one yes green yes. seeds Yes. And the black one is actually not related to cumin, but it's kind of, yeah, it's a different plant. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's very popular in Persian cuisine as well. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I read this because um, when I was doing the cooking, um, Ethiopian Berber yep. um, has cumin in it, but uh, the cumin is actually the Nigella black cumin, not the traditional cumin. Okay. There you go. And that's how I figured that out. Yep. Nice. There you mm. go. Yes, that was yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Okay. Okay, so I've got two more. Go through them really quickly because they're mm, kind of less interesting. Uh cumin is is uh used a lot in birdseed, which I didn't realise. I thought I mean that's so strange. I know it is strange. <laughs> but because of this because it's because it's in so much birdseed, uh there's actually many countries where cumin has become an introduced species um, and, and kind of gone wild because of the bird seed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> I would assume that with bird seed, it's actually in the seed form and they don't grind it and ground it up and then put it in there. Yeah, it's just full seed for it. Yeah, and the birds yeah, yeah. P- pull it out and it grows. Yep. Yeah, wow. Um, last one, the Maltese island of a Camino is actually named after cumin. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. A cumin island. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, it's like a, <laughs> nah, not going there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're really going to have to be reserved in this episode of the podcast. Uh, childish <laughs> nature and boyish uh, sense of humour. <laughs> uh, it's just not the place for it. No, it's, it's really not. not the place. No. So let's try to get a hold of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your head in, mate. <laughs> Thank you.
this was an odd one because yeah, I mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of references to vast history of cumin and you know all of the stuff, and they're just finding the actual detailed information proved to be quite difficult. So yeah, okay. I spent I spent a good deal of time trying to flesh out enough to talk about, but we've we've, mm. we've got a bit to cover here. So the exact the exact origin of cumin is not a hundred percent agreed on by, uh, you know, historians and archeologists and that sort of thing. But the general consensus is that it's native to the Mediterranean. Okay. So, I mean, immediately when I thought that, because I think Indian food, yes, thought to be native to Mediterranean, depending on where you read, it could be native to the Mediterranean or stretching from that Mediterranean region across the Middle East into India. So, you know, kind of that, that band we've referenced it many times on different podcasts. You've got that, that, that real specific band where um, a lot of food is thought to have come from. It's almost like the birth plate. Like it's the, it's that one sort of area that has birthed a lot well, it's thought that civilization kind of started in that mm. Middle East region. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense then, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, moving into the next part where historically they've um, excavated sites that have traces of cumin in Syria and Egypt, and they date back about 4,000 years. Wow. Um, you know, there's probably other places, but this is what's physically been found. And um, in Egypt specifically, it was thought to be used... Um, as a spice in preserving mummies, but I'll, I'll go into a little bit more. So the ancient Egyptian king, Ramses III, he actually offered gifts of cumin to the sun god Ra and um, several grains of ancient cumin are, are actually available to uh, look at at the Agricultural Museum in Cairo. So they still have these kind of old grains that they've found. And... Um, it's also thought that the Egyptians used cumin to treat some some medical stuff, so uh, gastrointestinal disease, intestinal parasites, um, also used in different medicinal recipes for mouth rinses, suppositories, um, cleaning out ear, ear, ear infection, that sort of thing as well. And then moving into kind of the modern Egypt era, they crushed cumin and added it to water for a medicinal tea. Wow. and used to treat colic, indigestion. Um, they also help, uh, offered it to pregnant women uh, and recently delivered women. So uh, a couple of, yeah, a couple of different medical uses there in, in ancient Egypt. Yeah, wow. And so that, that's a kind of, um, that plays into the, the tea thought, I guess, with the Indian Ayurvedic medicine, but probably for a different reason, which um, you're going to talk about. Yep. Uh, so then going on to what you were going to bring up in the facts that cumin is actually referenced in the Bible, which I mm. thought was odd because twice. I just, yes. I read, yeah. yep. it, it just seems weird that it's referenced in the Bible. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I, I found that more odd than past references for other things. So yes, yeah. it's, it's mentioned both in the old Testament and the new Testament in the old Testament. It's Isaiah 28 verse 7 uh, verse 27 so i'm going to read each one because i found them interesting okay so it says for the fitches uh, this this 
to me makes absolutely no sense. I forget how much no sense the bubble makes, but for the since for the for the fitches are not threshed with a threshing instrument, neither is a cartwheel turned upon the cumin, but the fitches are beaten out with a staff and the cumin with a rod. A threshing wheel is never rolled on cumin. Instead, it is beaten lightly with a flail. So Fitches is actually caraway. So they're talking about caraway versus cumin there, but wow. it's just really weird to be in the Bible. Um, yeah. It's like it's a Spicelopedia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, he writes, uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. It is these you ought to practice without neglecting the others. So I'm later on I'm going to talk about how um, cumin was actually uh, considered quite valuable and used as currency. Oh. Yeah, so that's when he's talking about tithing with cumin and dill and mint and that sort of thing. But There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, reference in the Bible. Um, it's actually, they're actually still on the Bible topic. The planting of cumin uh, has been described um, and the knowledge of beneficial farming practices is thought to have uh, been ascribed as the coming from God. So according to the Bible, cumin had such powerful medicinal value that it could be used as money. So that's where they play into that tithing mint, dill and cumin um, and yeah, just talking about the knowledge of farming practices as coming from God and, you know, all that kind of information being passed down from him. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so we move into the Greeks, uh, cumin symbolized excessive desire. So Marcus Antonius, he was given a nickname that referenced the herb, uh, folklore during that time assumed that someone who was, um, miserly must have eaten cumin. So if you're a bit down in the dumps, yeah. You know, somebody thought you might have eaten cumin. Um, interesting, though, at, at this point in time, uh, the ancient Greeks actually kept cumin at the dining table. So similar to what we would do today with salt and pepper. Yeah. It was just a common spice that was kept at your dining table. Um, and that actually, that actually still continues to this day in Morocco. Uh, I've not been to Morocco, but apparently everywhere I read said that they still have it as they serve it as a, as a spice, um, which is not table. serve it, but it's just there for you to, you know, season your food with. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I love cumin. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about a bit later how it, it kind of goes out of fashion and it's only actually just started coming back into fashion. I love how spices do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's move on to the Romans. Now, um, when we think of the Romans and uh, that era, there's always one person that comes to mind when we're talking about plants, and that's Pliny the Elder. It is. <laughs> I love Pliny. Pliny, yeah, you can you can count on Pliny. Dude was a legend. <laughs> yeah. So he recommended, well, he highly recommended cumin, and he wrote... Uh, and this is a quote from Pliny. Yet of all the seasonings which gratify a fastidious taste, cumin is the most agreeable. Wow. So Pliny really... Liked himself a bit of cumin. He really, really liked cumin. Mm, most agreeable. <laughs> yep. I just love the way they spoke back then. 
Yes, I know. So um, good. Sadly, though, it's not not lip referenced as a treatment for the sting of a snake bites. That is a real shame. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't help with snake bites. Apparently not. Apparently what a not. shame. Yeah. Uh, but Pliny did mention that cumin mixed with water could help treat a stomach ache. Yeah. So I guess, you know, coming from the Egyptians into the Romans, you know, Egyptians were talking about gastrointestinal disease, intestinal parasites, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a theme there about um, something to do with gut and gut health. Yep. And if we move into <laughs> India. Just, just you wait. <laughs> oh, I, I, I literally have zero knowledge on nutritional value of cumin. Oh, I man. use it. I love it. And I'm going to talk about it in cooking. It is my favorite spice. Yeah. I actually know nothing about it. I'm going to blow your bloody mind. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. It blew I, my mind. And I had I to really, double check it like six times. <laughs> oh, so good. And there's, there's pages I was on looking up this information and they're trying to talk about, they just kind of roll into medicinal so it's like history and then medicinal yeah. i'm like yeah i just i really don't want to look at it <laughs> just <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah so okay. ancient india we you know we're talking about the fact that if if it was if if the origin was in that band from the from the mediterranean to india yep we're talking ancient india you know thousands of years they've been using it for yep and uh was used as a traditional ingredient in uh, one place I looked at said innumerable recipes, which I would Just, probably agree with. Because, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> yeah, okay. you know, you really do think Indian food when it comes to cumin. Um, and obviously it forms the base of lots of different spice blends. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in cooking as well. But um, okay. the ancient Indian Ayurvedic medical texts report that cumin seeds... Um, they are crushed and, re- and prepared as decoctions. Uh, they sometimes get fermented. Sometimes they get um, prepared in pill form mm-hmm. um, where they mix it with ghee, which is a, a clarified butter that is yep. also an Indian ingredient. Um, and, and these different types of preparations were thought to have been used to enhance appetite, improve digestion, help with lactation, mm-hmm. um, and also taste perception, which I found quite interesting. So altering the way somebody tastes something seems seems like a a very specific outcome you know it's like yeah altering taste perception yeah i wouldn't have considered that but um it's quite strange really isn't it yeah yeah and other medicinal uses of the cumin-based pills uh we used to treat conditions such as appetite loss diarrhea fever uh and there are some more recent indian medical journals that uh have claims that cumin contains anti-diabetic properties and that the consumption can also improve the secretion of saliva. So, um, yeah, the Indians all over the, uh, the cumin. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of folklore when it comes to cumin, uh, the belief that this one I found strange as well. And we're kind of moving towards the Middle Ages now, but uh, the belief that cumin conferred the gift of retention or faithfulness. So this this kind of idea of retention 
actually extended to everything. It was, it could be objects, it could be people, it could be animals, it could be, could be anything. So a couple of things I read was uh, burglars attempting to steal anything that contained cumin would be entrapped. This would be entrapped. The burglar would be entrapped within the home of the owners that, uh, of that item. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pigeons and other birds uh, like like cumin and they're often fed it fed it to prevent them from straying so if you had a pet or something you would feed it cumin so it wouldn't go away oh wow yeah um and the other one which is funny is to ensure the men returned home to the returned home to the the girlfriends or whatever the Mm. young women would give them bread with cumin in it (laughs) ah so the french knew what was up that's right yep yeah, and they also wow. made wide with cumin in it as well. And this was all because they had this superstition that it would, would um, retain things or, or create faithfulness type situation. So I yeah, wow. uh, found that quite strange. I, I just, I'd love to know how it came about, you know. It's like somebody probably had some confirmation or bias somewhere and then it just spread like wildfire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so during the Middle Ages, um a lot of spices were relatively rare. Cumin was actually very common. Um, we sort of talked about this with capsicum where pepper was uh, yes. quite rare and yep. capsicum or peppers were used in place of this pepper spice yep. um, because it wasn't as common. Yeah. So um, at this time they, it was thought that cumin promoted love and fieldy uh, fidelity Uh Fealty. Stop laughing. I, <laughs> fealty? <laughs> Fili? Yeah. I Fidel- caught, I, fidelity? I caught, <laughs> I've caught your disease. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people carried it to weddings. Um, they walked around with cumin in their pockets. Nice. Uh, so, um, you know, the, this whole idea of love and fidelity and that sort of thing. But uh, another another one where we're talking about this um, idea of um, preventing things from straying or uh, retention and faithfulness was uh, that um, they would um, feed it to chickens and stuff to stop the chickens from wandering from the homes and, okay. and that sort of thing. And then, you know, further, further th- in the Middle Ages, uh, slaves actually started using cumin as a way to exchange for their freedom. Oh wow! So it definitely had some real, real value. Yeah, um, even though it was more common than other spices. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so you know, over that time, it sort of it started to really peak in popularity, um, particularly in Europe and Britain. Uh, and then what happened is it it um, it slowly lost lost its appeal or the prevalence in in that that area so we're talking about kind of that european region british region type thing yeah and it was actually replaced with the caraway seed and um caraway has some similarities and then there's a lot of differences but uh yeah they kind of started tend toward the towards the caraway seed hmm. uh but what it what what didn't happen was uh, you know the middle east northern africa india and all, all those kind of places uh, the popularity of cumin kind of stayed stable. And, you mm. know, that is now what we know today, particularly, 
yeah, Northern Africa, so Morocco and those sorts of places, yeah. Middle East, and then, you know, India. They're definitely the cuisines you think of when you think of cumin. And yeah. then that actually extends. Um, I'll, I'll expand that uh, in, a, in a minute. But um, uh, cumin made its way to Mexico. So this is the other place that for me, when I think of cumin, I think of Mexican food. So it made its way into Mexican and South American cuisine uh, only when uh, the European colonization of the Americas happened by the Spanish and Portuguese. So, mm. you know, that age of exploration kind of brought it from the, from one side of the world to the other. Yep. Uh, so, yes. It's strange. We don't often hear of spices being taken to the Americas. It was more yep. spices and and uh, vegetables and plants that were taken from the Americas back. To- yeah. 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 yeah it's, uh, uh, I did read somewhere that they say that um, cumin was kind of reverse spice road rather than the traditional route. It was the reverse. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, talking now, you know, in more recent times, popularity of cumin uh, has grown Um particularly in the United States, influence of you know, the Latin American cuisine, um, the kind of Mexican cuisine as well. It's a key ingredient in chili powder. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, that kind of Mexican Indian food has really kind of uh, made cumin become more popular again. So it's, it, went yeah. through, it went through a popularity, it's died off, and now it's, it's, it's really come back again. And um, yeah, that's the history of cumin. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I actually uh, didn't realize that fact uh, until I read it as well, that um, chili powder has cumin in it. Yeah. That's uh, strange. When I read it, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I kept looking and I went, hang on, chili powder, has that doesn't make sense. So I read it again. I was like, hmm. and then I thought about it a few times. I went, yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was good, man. I like that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, short and sweet, but uh, yeah. still, there's a fair bit of information here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are you ready to talk nutrition? Oh, man, I am so ready for this. Okay. So I'm actually taking a leaf out of, I'm taking a seed out of your book uh, today. Ooh. So we're going to talk about. Uh, cumin, the nutrition of, of cumin ground. Uh, but we're going to talk about one tablespoon and then I'm going to tell you what the hundred grams of cumin is going to be as well. Nice. Yep. Yeah. This is your thing, uh, but I'm going to do it as well. Good. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk about one tablespoon of cumin. Now it's got a lot in it. So one tablespoon of cumin is about 33 calories. Just wow. for, for reference, it's about nine grams as well in a tablespoon. Yep. Okay. Uh, in that, you've got about two grams of fat. Um, there's a little bit of sodium. There's some potassium. There's about four grams of carbohydrates. Uh, some of that's fiber. So about, point, about one gram is fiber. And you've got 1.6 grams of protein in that. Okay. Yep. So in terms of vitamins and minerals, it's got a lot. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to list them all out of what it's got in it. And then I'm going to tell you some of the key ones. Cool. All right. 
So it's got vitamin A, vitamin B6, vitamin C, E, K, calcium, iron, magnesium, phosphorus, zinc, copper, manganese, selenium, thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, folate, and uh, choline. Wow. So it's got basically got most of your B complex. Yes. I find yeah. it weird that it's got vitamin E and vitamin C. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the interesting part is in terms of your recommended daily amount, okay, yeah. uh, the vitamin B6 is 4% in a tablespoon. All right. We're talking uh, about a tablespoon yeah. of cumin. 4%. Uh, 2% of your vitamin C intake, 2% of your vitamin E, 9% of your calcium, 10% of your magnesium, uh, 5% of your phosphorus, 3% of your zinc, 4% of your copper, 15% of your manganese, all right, 75% of your iron. Are you kidding? In a table? Yeah. Okay. So... So this is what I wanted to, to kind of uh, play out. What are your, like, when you think about iron in plant food, what are the things that come to mind? Well, before we started doing this podcast, it mm. was green leafies. Yeah, okay. Anything green and leafy. So let's say spinach, for instance. Okay. Yeah. Now spinach, 100 grams of spinach. How much iron do you reckon is in 100 grams of spinach? I don't know how much iron, but maybe okay. um, daily percent of daily intake, 100 grams, maybe 15. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you how many milligrams. So to yeah. put this in context, we've got, uh, we've got cumin. One tablespoon of cumin has six milligrams of iron, which is 75% of your daily intake. Yeah. 100 grams of spinach is 2.7 milligrams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, broccoli has mm-hmm. 0.7 milligrams in 100 grams. Yep. Uh, let's talk lentils. Mm. Okay. Heavy with iron. Yep. 100 grams of lentils is 6.5 milligrams of iron. Man, the density of iron in cumin is incredible. Yeah. Tofu, yep. 2.7 milligrams in 100 yep. grams of tofu. All right. So it is heavy in iron that's right uh, yeah into context because i said we were going to do the 100 grams 100 grams of cumin has 830 percent of your iron intake it's 66 milligrams of iron in 100 grams of cumin it's got 94 percent of your calcium intake for the day in 100 grams 94 yeah i know 167 percent of your manganese but really the, the big news here is iron. That's huge, man. Like, yeah. Well, just to put it in sort of like context, one tablespoon of, of cumin basically covers you for your day. It's six milligrams. I mean, I think based on a 2000 calorie diet, you need to get between like seven milligrams and 10 milligrams of iron per day. All right crazy yeah right and interesting to see that they've got vitamin c inside cumin as well which we Mm. always talk about in terms of iron Mm -hmm. and absorption of iron but yeah that was the most fascinating part for me in terms of the nutritional profile that's crazy 
really crazy, right? Yeah. That's basically that, that has kicks, blown me away. That yeah. is just it just yeah. kicks everything else when you start talking about iron. It just basically like it doesn't even matter. Mm. Just take a tablespoon of cumin, chuck it into your rice dish for the night. You're done. Yeah. How much copper did it have in it? Um, so in the one tablespoon, mm. so copper is uh, 0.1 milligrams, which is 4% of your daily 4%. intake. So what was an iron was 75? Because um, I spoke about copper yep. last week and copper and iron work together for with your red blood cell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So they're definitely working together. And you talked about selenium as well yeah. a couple of episodes ago. And it's got, mm-hmm. you know, plenty of selenium in there as well. It's just a really dense nutrition. Uh, it's kind of across the board, lots of different vitamins and minerals in, in mm-hmm. human. Really, really cool, right? Okay. Now, when we start talking about Ayurveda, uh, according to... The, their application of cumin as a paste or as cumin-infused water, they say that it has the following health benefits. Yep. All right? So this is just a, a wide range. And then I'm going to start talking about studies and clinical studies after this. Yep. But in Ayurveda, it basically they've said it reduces swelling, relieves pain, um, uh, can help in discoloration of the skin, uh, it can help with skin irritations like itching and scabies. So mm-hmm. I believe that's when they use the paste. Um, it's almost good for, uh, it's always, it's good as well for hemorrhoids and piles, uh, both topically and orally. Uh, it's the fine powder is also used as coal, which is a mascara. Mm-hmm. They use it as a paste to treat scorpion stings. Ooh, scorpion stings. Uh, I know, almost a stink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, helps in disorders relating to a loss of taste, which you mentioned just earlier. Ah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, decreases or increases digestive fire and helpful in treating uh, low, uh, low sort of digestive symptoms. Yeah. Uh, it helps with indigestion. Uh, also relieves flatulence, diarrhea, worm infestation, detoxifying the blood, uh, stimulant properties, also has diuretic properties. They also use it for relieving inflammation and the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's a lot of crossover there in even the stuff that I talked about, the ancient Egyptians. So that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So that's Ayurveda. And I'll talk a little bit about the Jira water as well in a minute. Yep. Uh, but I just wanted to touch on that after we spoke about iron. So my first point here was it's really high in iron. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting to increase your iron intake, my recommendations would be to jump on the cumin bandwagon mm. and just start using it in more dishes. And yeah, definitely. Tim's going to tell you a whole bunch of ways you can do that. Yep. Uh, as mm-hmm. soon as we get back from nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of digestion, uh, it's pretty commonly used um, in traditional uses for indigestion. Um, there's a bit of research that says it can help normalize your digestion as well. So 
Uh, there's been some studies that show that it's increased the active, the activity of digestive enzymes and uh, potentially speeds up, you know, digestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also increases the release of bile from your liver, which helps with fats and nutrients in the gut. Uh, there was also one study that uh, that saw 57 patients with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, that their symptoms improved after taking a concentration of cumin after two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Two weeks, man. Unreal. Quick. Yeah. Really, really crazy. Now it also has a lot of, um, so it also has a lot of antioxidants. So including uh, terpenes, phenols, flavonoids, and alkaloids. Mm. So we've spoken about phenols and flavonoids before. Mm-hmm. So basically helps in fighting free radicals, which we've spoken about many, many times and they cause oxidation. So, uh, it's always a good thing to prevent oxidation from happening. Oxidation also is a leading cause of inflammation, uh, which can, you know, move you towards diabetes. So I'm going to talk about diabetes in just a second as well. Uh, so, you know, and all chronic, a lot of chronic illnesses. We, we talk about it. I feel like we talk about this every single week. Yeah. Like inflammation causes chronic disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diabetes, heart disease, yeah, absolutely. So uh, there has been some studies in terms of diabetes that show that cumin actually has a lot of promise when when treating diabetes. Mm -hmm. So there was a clinical study that showed that a concentration of cumin, like in a supplement, improved early indicators of diabetes in overweight individuals compared to a placebo. So we're talking about you know, kind of randomized tests, which is good. Uh, Cumin also contains components that counter some long-term effects of diabetes as well. So uh, do you know much about AGEs? No. Okay. So basically the advanced glycation end products and they are um, cells that, you know, that impact the body. So these are produced spontaneously in your bloodstream when your blood sugar levels are high over a long period of time. Okay. And these AGEs are created when sugars attach to proteins and they disrupt the normal function. Okay. All right. So AGEs are kind of responsible for damage to a lot of different areas of the body. We're talking about, you know, kidneys, we're talking about nerves, small blood vessels, and cumin contains a lot of uh, a couple of different key components that actually reduce AGEs. And there have been some studies in test tubes that show that concentration cumin supplements or concentrated cumin supplements um, help to control blood sugar in diabetes. So Interesting. Yep. If we're talking about you know uh, controlling that sugar. And AGEs are caused when sugars actually attach the proteins, then that's really what that's doing at the moment. There still needs to be more studies in this area, but you know, it's it's what they're trying to look at as a as a preventative or and as a a, a way to kind of help with diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I found pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So. 
There's also uh, a little bit of research that shows that it can help improve blood cholesterol. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a study where they did, uh, where they each of these, uh, I'm going to start that one again. Mm -hmm. uh, in a study, the participants of the study had 75 milligrams of cumin uh, taken twice daily over eight weeks. And it actually helped to reduce um, the triglycerides in the blood. Uh, there was also another study that looked at 88 women and whether the cumin affected levels of good HDL uh, cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And those who took three grams of cumin with yogurt twice a day for three months had higher levels of HDL than those who ate the yogurt without. <laughs> yeah. With yogurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, it's not too strange for me that because when you think about like Rita uh, and um, uh, like uh, what's the zucchini one? Uh, zucchini and yogurt. Uh, oh, tzatziki. Uh, yeah. That's got cumin in it. Yeah. I'm pretty it, sure. The, 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 the flavor combination is not what I found strange. It's that oh. they used yogurt and cumin for a study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about weight loss now and fat reduction. So there was a lot of information out there about cumin and weight loss. Now, okay. Not all of it's linked to studies. Right. It just seems yep. to be, you know, pretty common. And yep. a lot of it had to do with Jira water. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'll talk a little bit about Jira water, but we're going to talk about a couple of studies that actually, that, that actually have occurred. Yeah. Right? How's it spelt, the water? It's J-E-E-R-A. No, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So apparently it's got a real rusty taste that goes yep. through, right through your body. You're supposed to take it in the morning, like on an empty stomach. Um, and it's said that Jira is known to contain thymol, a chemical which stimulates the pancreas to produce enzymes and bile. Mm. This property improves overall digestion of carbs and fats within the body. Uh, and it also contains cuminaldehyde. Cuminaldehyde. Aldehyde, yeah. Mm. This chemical, when just sniffed, arouses the digestive enzymes in your body and triggers your sal salivation. Ah, yeah, okay. So saliva production. Yep. And just sniffing Jira prepares your body and soul for a satisfying round of delicious food. Okay. So it's yeah. like priming your body to eat. Basically, and I would see that as, and we've just talked, we've spoken about digestion. It definitely has a place in digestion, mm. like in, in aiding it. Yeah. So I would say that that seems to be accurate. Yep. You know, so I kind of see that as, um, have you had those digestive teas before? Um, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it kind of falls into that area. Actually, when I was in the Middle East. Hmm. We used to get a little digestive drink that came with with the food. So yeah, they just called it a digestive. Was... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was probably cumin, I'd imagine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 
that was a very very long time ago so mm. okay so let's talk about weight loss mm-hmm. um so a lot of people use the tea and basically with the tea you steep cumin seeds overnight in the water mm-hmm. and then take them out and then you drink it okay essentially yeah. okay one study of 88 overweight women found that yogurt containing three grams of cumin promoted weight loss compared to yogurt without it. Uh, There was another study that showed participants who took 75 milligrams of cumin every day lost three pounds more than those who took a placebo. That's 1.4 kilos more than those who took the placebo. A third clinical study looked at the effects of a concentrated cumin uh, supplement in 78 adult men and women. And those who took the supplement lost one kilo more over eight weeks than those who did not. Mm. Now, these are clinical studies. Yeah. Using placebos. So, there's, there is some merit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about uh, they were taking it as a supplement. Mm. But we're talking about about three grams, you know, to seventy five milligrams of cumin supplements every day. Yeah, and hey, look, cumin's not terrible to take. So, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, an interesting thing that I was reading about as well is that the, it can prevent food borne illnesses. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, cumin actually has some antimicrobial properties that help to reduce the risk of foodborne infections. Yeah, so limiting your risk for food poisoning, basically. Yeah, certain types of infectious fungi and foodborne bacteria, it can uh, help to suppress those and reduce the growth, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, They did a test tube study that showed cumin reduces the drug resistance of certain bacteria. Okay, that's interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it also helps in inflammation. We just spoke about inflammation before. Uh, there's a certain compound in so a few different spices that have been shown to reduce levels of key inflammation markers. Now, there's not enough right now to know whether cumin in the diet or cumin supplements are really what is treating inflammatory diseases, but there is these markers that they can... They're linking towards that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it's still still being researched in in some uh, depth. Sure. Right? Yeah. But then when we look at um, Ayurveda, they have been using it for inflammation forever. You got you're talking about the history that you were talking about, and you're talking about inflammation all the time. Mm-hmm. So it seems, although there haven't been enough clinical studies to prove that it is you know preventing inflammation it seems to be along those lines yep yep yeah and that is the nutrition of cumin that was so good yeah i I love cumin even more now i know iron man blew my mind yep Cumin is my, it is my favorite spice to cook with. Of oh, all that it's good. I'm glad you've got cooking this week. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I use it all the time and 
Um, I use a lot of spices though. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, I don't just have my kind of specific ones, but yeah, cumin's like, cumin's the go-to spice. Yeah. Well, I, I feel it. like it's the base for most things. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll talk about some of the stuff that it's a base in, but um, it's really easy to use that and build a flavor profile. Yes. Using cumin and then you start adding other stuff and you can build, yeah, really yeah. easy. Um, so yeah, let's let's move into cooking. Um, like I said, it is it is my favourite spice to cook with. Um, one of the good things about cumin is you can use the whole seed or you can use it ground. Um, and it's normally like everywhere you look and read, you know, they talk. They it's called a warming spice. So it does mm. have it does have um, not necessarily some heat to it like chili, but it mm. does give you that same kind of warming sensation. But it it's actually a little bit different and I've never done this and I plan on doing it. Um, once I get some more cumin seeds is have you ever like just bitten into a raw cumin seed? No, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to do so, that. So, well, I was reading and apparently it's got like this menthol quality to it. Oh, so I guess that's kind of, you know, it's not really heat, but you get that kind of mentholy, mentholy quality. Like a fisherman's friend. Yeah, and that and that puts it in the similar category to fennel and caraway, yes. yeah. which is kind of why caraway started being used interchangeably with cumin, you know, back in the day, um, because they, I, I don't know when the last time you've seen caraway, but I've got um, a bunch of caraway seed in the cupboard, and this, mm. they the seeds are so similar. It's sometimes the only way you can tell them apart is to smell them. Yeah, wow. Um, so they do look the same as well. Yeah. Um, so moving into cooking, you know, cooking with the whole cumin seed, mm-hmm. you generally introduce it into your cooking, uh, early in the yeah. recipe. So, um, uh, you know, at the start when you're kind of building your flavor and that gives the seed enough time to release, release all of that fr- flavor and, you know, really start to penetrate the dish. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to giggle. You bloody child. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> uh, you know, a hot broth or even putting in some oil and frying it off at the start just kind of, you know, allows that aroma and flavour and everything to get in there. Um, yeah, so if you're using ground, you can actually add it later in the dish. Are you making faces at me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put me off. you bastard (laughs) yeah so uh ground cumin though and we've we've touched on this a few times now it is it does form the base of um many different blends and it's kind of it's kind of the foundational spice uh so, you know, particularly you were talking about chili powder, but also curry powder as well as the yep. foundation for, for a curry powder. Yep. Um, not necessarily the foundation, but also the Ethiopian um, Berber. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Is it Berberi? Berber? Berbera? It's good yep. for me, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of dishes that have cumin as a base. I mean, Mexican mm. food, most of your spices have got cumin as the base ingredient and then they're, they're kind of built out from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it does form the base of uh, a lot of, a lot of food. How much do you cook with cumin? Is it a lot? man? Yeah. Like I just cooked this week. 
So we just cooked a majadra. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I showed you a picture of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this recipe is from a new recipe contributor to uh, to Messy Veggies, Sophie. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and she sent me through this recipe. So, and I cooked it this week, and I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Yeah. But I know I had cumin seeds in it, and anyway, as we as I was making it, uh, the aroma of of all the different elements to it and like this cooks the rice in a like a pan like you put the rice in and you coat it with you know the cumin seeds and um coriander seeds and you know and you sort of fry the rice off with yep with the spices yep and then add your water and already cooked lentils and then you kind of just put it down on real low heat and just leave it. Mm. Yeah. And I've never really cooked rice like that. No. I'm always nervous about it sticking and all the rest yeah. of it. But man, as soon as I took the lid off the the pot when it was, oh, it was something else. It yeah. Was absolutely something else. That sounds amazing. And yeah. you smell the cumin. Like, yeah, it's really, it's, it was beautiful. And the, we top it with, uh, it was topped with these fried onions. Yep. Uh, which were, they yeah they looked good in the picture. The My gosh, onions. man! Yeah, and that recipe will be up for everyone to nice to look at and yeah. make this week. So, uh, yeah, it was sensational. Yeah, it's cool. Do you cook do you cook a lot with um, both formats, seeds and ground, or do you kind of stick to one? Or I predominantly cook with ground, hmm. and I almost feel like. If something calls for cumin seeds whole and all you've got in the cupboard is ground, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like they're interchangeable. Well, I'm going to talk about that because okay. I asked you a leading question because I'm going to talk Thank about you. <laughs> uh, how you can switch between the two, but there's a, um, there's a ratio that yes. needs to change when you switch. Okay. But um, More for, ground, right? Yeah. For me personally, <laughs> I'll tell you. More and more in. For me personally, I cook with both. Okay. Um, so I'll use them in different dishes, different ways. Yep. Um, up until recently, I had a five kilo bag of the seeds in the cupboard. Oh, wow. But I've worked my way through them and I, I just need to replace it. But um, Man, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. It took, it took me, I don't know, about a year to get through it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, And if, if a recipe called for ground, I would use a mortar and pestle and grind yep. up the seed so yeah and how good was that like when you first grind up cumin? oh it's the best yeah uh, and i love grinding up fresh cumin i'm going to talk about how um what you should do to kind of extract the best flavor out of the seeds um, okay. after this but i'll just talk about the ratio right so when you're switching between the two there's different mounts um funnily enough the flavor of ground cumin as long as it's not old um it actually has a higher concentration of flavor than the seeds. Hmm. Um, so you actually need less, less in the dish. So for a recipe that calls for one tablespoon of ground cumin, yep, you need one and a quarter tablespoons of seeds. So you need more seeds than you yes. do ground. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Purely because of 
the seeds will have gaps between them. Well, I was going to say, I look at it from, <laughs> Just, a, I look at it from a, a physics perspective where yes, the ground cumin has got a higher surface area. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Like it just, it makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. But so, surely you just double it up, right? Yeah. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm very generous when it comes to cumin. <laughs> if a recipe says a teaspoon, it's like uh, three or four. <laughs> I yeah. just unscrew the top of my massive jar and I just shake it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I really need to um, top up my spices. Cumin's the one that I keep running out of at the moment. Yeah. And I'm forced to buy the crappy stuff from the supermarket. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. a difference. Yeah. We've got a really good um, Indian grocery store, um, which I was meaning to get to before Corona started, but I didn't get a chance to it. But um mm. Hopefully, once we can travel again, I'll I'll go and do a big big shop there. It's nice. in Karam. It's massive. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm. nice. Um, yeah. Okay. So flavor wise, the whole seeds. The best the best way to extract the flavor is actually to toast the seeds first. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just toast them or dry fry them, or and that'll that'll give you the optimum flavor. So I did that with my five kilo bag. What I would do is, um, you know, take out five hundred grams mm-hmm. and fry it off. And then put them in a in a, a separate like airtight glass jar. Okay. And then when I went to use them, I would pull out what I need. I'd grind it up or use them as the seed or whatever. So I always had the toasted seeds rotating through. That's and cool. yeah, they are way nicer once you toast mm. them. Um, so yeah, so we talked about uh, the the different types of cumin and the you know the green versus the black. Mm-hmm. Um, the black ones, uh, while they they're kind of from a similar species, which is the Cuminum nigrum, rather than the, I can't remember what the full name for the original cumin was. It's up the top mm-hmm. there somewhere. Um, it, the, the black, the black seed is a lot smaller. Have you ever cooked with Nigella seeds? No. Yeah. I've used them a few times, but not, not often. Um, they're kind of sweeter and more peppery than traditional cumin. And this mm-hmm. one, it's kind of, I guess we can, talk about it now but it's kind of a fact for the the black cumin seed but it's actually a a common ingredient in garam masala which i didn't know i use a lot of garam masala as well yep um i didn't realize that the the black cumin was was in the garam masala yeah i didn't realize that either yeah it's funny what you learn isn't it yeah (laughs) um that's what this is all about right correct mate Mm. yeah so we talked about the base of uh chili powder curry powder um, in a, a Mexican style food. So I, I was discussing with this with you the other day, actually, I make my own kind of um, spice mix when I'm, when I'm doing tacos or whatever. Yeah. And, and I just go, um, and this is, I, this is not even measured out. I just, just do bits of everything. I'll do ground cumin, ground coriander, smoked paprika, mm-hmm. um, dried, dried oregano, salt and pepper. And I just throw it all into a jar, put the nice. lid on and shake it up. And then yeah. I um, fry up some beans. And then mm. uh, just when they're just when they're finished frying up, I'll put um, a very liberal amount of that spice mix over the beans, yep. mix it through and it's done. Nice. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's better than any packet packet taco mix seasoning you'll get and well a lot of that sugar anyway for most of those packet mixes yeah and they also use like um powdered powdered um garlic and onion and stuff like that as well yeah 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 
Um, yep. Yeah. Speaking of which, I used one of those tonight when making nachos. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes well, they're just easier, but if you can make your own, it's definitely worthwhile. So I've got, um, like we keep all our glass jars that, that we bought something in and used mm. and we keep the glass jars. So, you know, your, your salsa jars. Yes. I, I have them and I just fill it up with the spice mix and put it back in the cupboard. And the next time I make tacos, I just sprinkle a bit out. Nice. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. You know, things like that. So, wow. um, yeah. Tim, use, you're a man. Cut it out. mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we were talking about these different cuisines, right? Indian, Mexican, Yes. Middle Eastern mainly. Yes. Um, they actually have to be, if not the top, well, at least Indian is, but my three kind of favorite cuisines in the world. And it's funny because, you know, cumin's in all of them. But, I mean, Indian's definitely, I, I, Indian's my favorite cuisine, uh, hands really? down. Mexican and Middle Eastern are probably on par. And yeah. they, I, I love all of that food. It's just yeah. amazing. So yeah, me too. Um, I'm just going to run through some kind of typical dishes from each of them. You know, you've got um, chickpea falafels with cumin in them, you know, in terms of Middle Eastern disease. Stop uh, it. <laughs> Sorry. Did you say Middle Eastern disease? Cuisine. Okay. Did I say disease? I you think said I disease. said disease. <laughs> <laughs> you got chickpea falafels. It's a Middle Eastern disease. <laughs> okay. oh, I'm sorry. Well, that was such a weird and I'm, I'm sitting here going, that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, man. When I was in, when I was in Egypt, I happened mm. to be there during Ramadan and it was really hard to find food through the day. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, the, the guide that we had with us, you know, obviously knew the place pretty well and he knew where to go to get us some food in the, in, during the day. And we're sitting in the car and he goes, wait there, I'll be back. And he walks down this laneway and disappears. And we're just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Anyway, he comes back with this plastic shopping bag and then pulls out. All we had was um, like flatbread or pocket bread yeah. with falafels in it. And still to this day, I have never had a falafel like the falafels that he got for me that day. They were the most amazing things I've ever tasted in my life. Where was this Um, again? This is in Egypt? In in Cairo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but I've been told that Egypt is the birthplace of the falafel. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, And, well, I think it's very controversial, that statement. But uh, someone I was speaking to, and he said to me that, I believe it's actually eaten there as a breakfast. Uh, yeah, this was pretty early yeah. in the morning when he got yeah. there. Yeah. He's just so, come back with a bag full of these breads with yeah. falafel in them. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I've had some good falafel, but I, I feel like I haven't had anything even remotely close to. Well, this was, this was a long time ago and I was probably less... Um, I mean, definitely less educated when it comes to food, mm. probably less open-minded about food. Yeah. And I'd say up to that point, I probably had had falafel maybe three or four times in my life and hated mm. them and always yeah. they were disgusting. Yeah. And so when he came back with these falafels, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I really, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. this is all I get to eat. <laughs> and 
it, it blew me blew me away. It blew me. Away. I remember coming back and hunting for falafels everywhere. Yeah. And you wouldn't find, find anything even nothing. close to it. No. no, no. So yeah, you've got um, the chickpea falafels, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Indian cuisine. Um, really nice one is an aloo gobi, which is a spiced cauliflower and potatoes mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. cumin in it. Yep. I've had aloo gobi before. Yeah, me too. Yep. Such a good one. Mm. Um, Mexican. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, beans or a, a good chili, like a, mm-hmm. a chili con carne or something like that. Um, a, a good, good hearty chili recipe is, um, got lots of cumin in it anyway. Yep. Uh, and then some other things, you know, like eggplant dip or even hummus, you know, mm-hmm. they all use cumin in there as a spice to kind of bring out the flavor a bit. So um, some really nice dishes there that uh, cumin is, is, you know, partly the hero, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, I, which I've had a heap of and never really thought too much about it, in, uh, and that is a, a dukkah. I mean. Oh, Yeah. Dukkha, you've got your, your toasted hazelnuts and almonds and then it's coriander, cumin and sesame. Like it's, yeah. Dukkha's, Man, it's in everything. Yeah, yeah. So I love a good dukkha. This, yeah, me too. Dukkha's, we used to make fresh dukkha at the mm. health food shop. So we, oh, it was the best. <laughs> yeah, so good. Stop it. Yeah. Arlo in Brighton, there's a place yeah. called Arlo. His dukkha yep. is something else, man. Mm. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Mm. Uh, so now I just want to talk about some flavor pairings. Oh, you. yeah. So maybe there's some here you haven't thought of or maybe mm-hmm. that all makes sense to you. I don't know. There's a couple that I hadn't thought of but doesn't seem weird. Okay, so in terms of food, you've got apples, uh, which makes sense to me for some weird reason. Uh, yeah, beans, absolutely. Yeah, beans, chickpeas, couscous, eggplants, lentils, potatoes, rice, sauerkraut. I don't think I've had cumin and sauerkraut, but uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, tomatoes. And then speaking of sauerkraut, we've got cabbage, so that makes sense. <laughs> Parsnip, yep. peppers. Uh, so when I say peppers, I mean capsicum. And uh, and these are the two that I thought were weird, but doesn't not make sense. Pomegranates and dates. Dates make sense. Pomegranate I thought found strange, but... Uh, it still does kind of make sense in a way. Mm. It's getting that kind of sweet pomegranate yeah. flavor. Yeah. Uh, and then, so if we move on to spice pairings, uh, cardamom, cinnamon, cloves, coriander, curry leaves, fennel, garlic, ginger, nutmeg, oregano, paprika, thyme. So all of them, you know, pretty. They all make sense well. to me. There's, there's nothing in there that uh, that strikes me as being odd, but no. Um, but mate, that is cooking with cumin. That's amazing. Mm. I've got to tell you about something that I did today that yep. I just made up. I don't know how I did it. Well, I do know how I did it. So I had a cauliflower just sitting in the fridge and I just wanted to add it to some leftovers. Mm-hmm. So I cut the cauliflower up into little little chunks, gave it a little bit of oil and some corn flour and um, cumin, uh, some turmeric, a little bit of turmeric, and a little bit of salt. And I throw that into like a big plastic container thing and I just shook it, yep. you know, put the lid on and I just shook it all up till it was all coated, chucked it in the oven. And that was some of the best like 
it's it was one of the best things I've eaten in a long time. Yeah. So the the corn flour and oils you were just trying to like create a, a, a crisp a crumb on the outside mm-hmm. of yeah okay yeah makes yeah. sense yeah and the cumin and the turmeric oh and i put garlic powder on it as well oh yeah so i i didn't want to use fresh garlic because that it, i mean it can add too much moisture and, and cauliflower has already got heaps of moisture as it is yeah so i thought if i used a powder of garlic mm. it would actually help in the crumb yeah yeah, but holy moly. That sounds amazing. Man, it was so good that I am just going to keep buying cauliflowers to make that as a snack. I love um, cauliflower and cumin. You know, if you yeah. just, just a hot a hot skillet or a hot pan and mm-hmm. just char it up with some cumin and salt and pepper and stuff. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. It is. It's so good, man. Yeah. I don't know why, but it is just such a good mix. Mm. Cumin is one of the easiest plants to grow. Well, I figured that when I read about the bird seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It grows inside. It grows outside. You only have to water it once every three days and you get your harvesting of your cumin seeds after about four months. Cool. Four months. I feel like I should try and grow it. Why not? I don't think I've ever, ever tried. Okay, I'm going to tell you how to do this. Mm. So you can purchase cumin seeds at most nurseries, garden supply stores. You can buy them online and they'll ship it out to you. So usually what you should be doing is um, starting about six to eight weeks before the final frost date. Okay, so we're coming into that time now. Correct, yeah. yeah. And then you want to soak your seeds in water for eight hours before you sow them. Yeah, so activating them. Yep, absolutely. And now the seeds start to germinate when they're wet. So uh, it helps them to sprout faster once you plant mm-hmm. them. Uh, you know, plant them in some loomy kind of soil. So it needs to be kind of, you know, loose. Sandy. Yep. Yep. And sandy. So I think loom is made from sand, silt, and a small amount of clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can just basically pick that up from any nursery or any any place that sells uh, soil. Potting mix. Yep. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, you So cumin plants don't have a really big root system, so you can plant them in, you know, you usually want to keep them, uh, you know, a little bit, you can probably plant about four every 20 centimeters. Mm-hmm. So that's probably how you want to do it, especially when you're germinating them and you make your holes about, you know, half a centimeter deep to, to, to sow your, yep. your seed in there. Okay. Uh, cover it with your soil, place it near a sunny area and wait for it to start sprouting. Uh, if you live somewhere that's like really cloudy and all the rest of it, you can put fluoro lights over it uh, and that will get them to, to come out. So you want to kind of leave those lights on for about 12 hours a day if that's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you start getting your seedlings, you want to start planting them in 
the springtime. So, you know, if you're doing the four to six weeks before final frost, which is when you're sowing the seeds, if you're going from seedlings, you're starting in the springtime. So that's exactly what you'd be doing. If you're transplanting your seedlings outside, you'd be doing it in spring. Uh, you want to pick a spot where they get a lot of sunshine. So typically they want you to have about 12 hours a day, but that's not always doable, especially where we are. So just, you know, kind of put it in as much sun as you can give as you can. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And you want it to be about two weeks after that last frost. So the last kind of week of winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, When you're planting your seedlings, you want to leave them about uh, 10 to 20 centimeters in between each plant for the Mm -hmm. best results. Okay. Uh, because they kind of come up and then they flower. Yeah. Yeah. So just try to keep them a little bit further, a little bit far apart, like 10 centimeters apart, and then you should be all good. Uh, You want to water, again, like I said, about three times a week and keep your soil kind of damp. You don't want it to be wet. You don't want to overwater them because they can rot. So... Mm -hmm. Just be really careful. If you are in an area that's particularly hot, you can mist the top of your plants with like a little misty gun thing mm. with water mm-hmm. just to keep them, you know, kind of fresh and feeling, <laughs> feeling fine. Again, don't overwater. So just be really careful. Now, aphids are pretty common with cumin plants. So the way to get rid of those is you can actually put onions or garlic around the plant and it's a natural deterrent for the aphids. We've spoken about these before. You can also mix um, a few drops of thyme, peppermint, clove and rosemary essential oils into some water and spray that onto your cumin and it will get rid of the aphids as well. Nice. Uh, When it comes to harvesting, you want to cut the plants at the stem after about four months of growth. So basically cutting the top flowering part off. Yeah, because it kind of like fans out and you want to just cut it all off, right? Yeah, Correct. That's right. So what you're going to see though is that where the flower meets the stem, there's a little brown pod. Mm -hmm. And those are the pods that have the cumin seeds in them. Cool. All right, so cumin seeds, uh, sometimes they can ripen unevenly. So yeah. you really want to watch it when it hits that four months, uh, that four month period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, as soon as you've harvested them, you want to put them in a paper bag and let them dry for about seven to 10 days. Yep. Uh, and then you separate the pod clusters with your fingers and you put them inside another brown paper bag. Um, so this will come off really easily uh, and you want to do this with all the pods, tie your paper bag up and um, hang it upside down uh, in a dry place. Then after about 10 days, when your pods are completely dry, you can hold one pod between your fingers and kind of rub it and all the seeds will fall out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much how you get your cumin seeds from cumin. That's cool. Sounds pretty simple. 
Very simple, mate. I mean, a little bit of a lengthy process when it comes to harvesting and drying it, but pretty easy. Oh. Yeah. And from the sounds of it, you could have like a whole heap of this growing outside. It's just beautiful, you know, white flowers mm-hmm. and just harvest it every four four months or so. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I love there it. There you go. That's good. That's how to grow cumin. Get there out there. Now, now we know everything about cumin. That's it. What a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed that. That was really good. Yeah, me too. I, mm. I, I knew nothing and now I know heaps. Yeah. So I'm going to put up that recipe that we spoke about, which is the mizadra. Yep. Uh, and as I mentioned last week in the podcast, I will be doing 10 different recipes every week that you uses whatever we're talking about so that you can try your luck at these recipes and start incorporating these plants into your diet. I did want to mention, uh, and we had a quick talk about this during the week, very, very briefly, where you said uh, you've got to incorporate about 30 different plants every week to really get your gut bacteria functioning correctly. Yes. Right? Um, And I know of the the plant-proof 40. And Mm -hmm. for anyone else who doesn't know about this, uh, Simon Hill, not to be confused with me, Simon Hall, but Simon Hill runs a podcast called plant proof if you don't know about it you should definitely check it out it is amazing uh he is he is like a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh your body and plant-based nutrition uh he has the challenge that basically says to introduce 40 different fruits and vegetables into your diet each week to really get your gut in the right place mm-hmm yeah. Yep. And, you know, I mean, these different recipes and this incorporation that we're doing where, you know, we say we're going to look at cumin this week and all the different types of vegetables that it goes with and all the different spices that it goes with. I mean, it's just a really good way to expand on what you're eating and can constantly change up your nutrition so that your yeah. gut is in the best place it can be. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised when we started talking about that. I went through and did the did the figures and mm. I got well into the 40. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I know that I feel like we, we would be exactly the same mm. because we are eating a whole range of different vegetables and and fruits and and seeds and nuts and all mm. sorts of stuff every week, you know, yep. Yep. especially in the sunflower seed week, I, I went through heaps of different things. It was ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. And I think, I think everyone would be surprised to be honest, mm. if you sat back and had a look at what you eat mm-hmm. and how many different things you have every week. So look, I would encourage everyone out there to, to sit down and give yourself an hour make yourself a cup of coffee or a tea or something like that and, and think about your week and how many vegetables and spices that you incorporated into your diet that week. Yeah. Cause you'd be surprised at when you start to think about it, you know, I was 
I was thinking about fruit and vegetable and then it was like, oh yeah, but what about all the nuts that I had? And then, mm-hmm. oh, what about all the spices and grains? Yeah. Oils and I, fats. I, I forgot about rice. I left it out completely. And I was like, hang on, that's a, <laughs> that's a plant. Like, yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. Mm. You know, uh, polenta and yeah, we go through heaps of polenta here. Yeah. Quinoa and corn chips. Oh wait, no, I can't do corn chips. <laughs> Why not mate? There's corn in them. It's processed. No, it's corn though. Nah. It's corn. <laughs> no, I'm totally on board with you there. So I won't be counting the corn chips we had for dinner in <laughs> nachos. Uh, yeah. But then saying that we had, you know, black beans and capsicum and avocado. Yeah. And- I had tacos and I was like, well, yeah. I can't count the corn, but I had <laughs> it, it. I had a three bean mix with black beans, cannellini beans and kidney beans. And then mm. you know, there was spinach and tomato. And, yeah. Uh, this, yeah. Man. Hey, not trying to get too off topic but what's your favorite bean i don't know um maybe the black bean okay Mm, mine i think mine is the butter bean oh that's a good one Yeah. yeah yeah i quite like it but um i don't know this it's the size that i because it's a lot bigger than the other ones i like because I, I like to do, a, you know, a bean mix that yes. replaces meat in a dish and particularly yeah. tacos and yeah. that the butter bean is just too big. Yeah. Well, it's not really designed for that. No, but I mean, with that charred cauliflower and butter, butter bean, oh my God, it's like... Oh, I know. Perfect. I know. Well, we had that this week. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, yes. Anyway, so look, thanks everyone for listening. That was Cumin. We have a whole range of really cool stuff coming up. Uh, more interviews. If you liked it, make sure you go and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, on anywhere. Spotify. I was going to say Shopify. It's not <laughs> Shopify. We're not on Shopify. Don't go there. It's Spotify. Anywhere else. Uh, look, we really appreciate it. And as always, you know, we're just really humbled by the amount of uh, traction we're getting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interest. People are interested. Yeah. I, and I love that. Mm, you know, cool. the amount of messages we get on, on Instagram is ridiculous uh, yeah. lately. And people just really enjoying the history, which is my favorite part. But I feel like it's different for everyone. It is. Yeah. We've all got different things that we're kind of wanting to know more about. Yeah. Jamie was saying she loves nutrition and uh, growing. Yeah. They're her two favorite bits. Yeah. And mine's history and cooking. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we've had this conversation a few times that my sister was asking for more recipes and the cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. wants the cooking side of it. And yeah. Yeah. That, well, I'm looking after her. Yes. I send her the links to the Good. Messy Veggies pages. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, hopefully she can find something that she really loves and yep. gets a lot out of to cook. Mm. This week's going to be really good with the cumin. This majadra. Are you going to? How are you going to break up your ten? I, are you going to? Are you going to do like? Aside from what you've already got, with it kind of works because you've got nine left. You're going to do three Indian, three Middle Eastern, and well, three Indian, or are you going to? I'm kind of just whatever? break it up with. Uh, there's going to be some 
like desserts that you oh, yeah, nice. we're going to yeah. do some mains we're going to just do some different types of things you know biscuits if there's any biscuits if there's any breads that you can yeah. make yeah. uh so we'll, we'll take it from different cuisines but sure. it'll be different types of things okay. cool. to get everyone thinking about it differently yeah i like that to yeah. um, expand expand how you can use it rather than, yes you know, yeah just the type of cuisine dishes yeah yeah absolutely i love yeah. it Mm. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And thank you, Tim. You have been wonderful again. No, thank you, mate. That hair, my God. It's it's, right. it's going well, isn't it? You're amazing. Hey. Uh, you, are, you are all main. I was going to say man, but main is uh, a more appropriate. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> corona <laughs> hair. Uh, yes. All right. We digress. Yeah. Uh, until next week. Do yourself a favor and eat some more plants.